Everything Around Me podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. If you're here for the first time, welcome. And if you've explored the pod previously, welcome back. I want to take this opportunity to thank everyone thus far for listening to the Carbs Rule podcast. I've been left feeling humbled after hearing from so many of you who tell me they've enjoyed the episode. It really does make my heart feel full. I also want to thank every guest for appearing alongside me and giving everyone an insight into their running life and outlook and experiences on mental health and mindset. Finally, thank you to Mountain Fuel for powering the podcast. You can get a 10% discount on all of their products by heading to their website, mountainfuel.co.uk and using the code, it's all good 10. Now let's head to the conversation I had with a wonderful friend of mine, Andy Hall. Welcome to the Carbs Rule Effing Round Me podcast with me, Ben. On this episode, we have got Andy Hall, multi-award winning mentor and coach, mental health ambassador, triathlete, runner, host and speaker, incredible family man, and someone who I consider to be a beautiful human, and not forgetting a future Iron Man. Have I missed anything out? Um... Possibly, I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah, know there you go, Andy. It's so, it's so embarrassing, isn't it, listening to other people say these things? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's um, I, I, and you know what, Ben? Honestly, I, I'm not a big fan of labels, and I think we might have even said this before. You know, when it's oh, triathlete, like that's the first time somebody's actually called me a triathlete. Well, I, I don't even I don't even consider myself a triathlete, but family man, yeah, I like I like the family man one, and you know. <laughs> friend and human being yeah i identify with those labels yeah <laughs> brilliant well i want to welcome you to the podcast andy and Cheers, um, i'm not too sure if you uh, was aware that um, was going to be part of the introduction for you um but yeah i just want to welcome you to the podcast this has been um, something that has been long overdue you know um i also consider you to mm. be you know an incredible friend of mine as well you know so it's fantastic Cheers. to Likewise. actually get your um, voice on a podcast for many other people to be inspired by you because you certainly do inspire me. Stop it. Carry on. <laughs> so um, what we'll do is we'll start off because um, there's um, mm. something that you have um, just completed last weekend. So you ran 50 kilometres, 30 miles, and yeah. I just want to congratulate you once again on that feat. You know, oh, um, you. You, are, you are an ultramarathoner. How does it feel? Um, you're the first and only person to call me an ultramarathoner. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. It only when you said that, I thought, oh yeah, I've done, I've done an ultramarathon, and it was one of those things which you know what I mean by this. It's like just want to take that, you know. I've got, I've got, I've got a box that, need, that needs ticking, and I just want to do an ultra. And for me, like a fifty k is like the starting level of an ultra. But I'm already thinking, you know, you hear about. And read about ultramarathoners and you know the people are like starting at 50 miles and 100 miles and 200 miles yeah. and it's it's really strange because i kind of feel like i'm just like i've only just started you know when you when you do your first part run it's like what does it feel mm -hmm. like to be a runner i'm not a runner just in one part run um on um on saturday i ran with a good friend of mine Anne-Marie, um and she was just sharing stories you know with she runs at a, a nice steady pace and i knew she'd done a lot 
Um, I should just give me examples. When I did that, when I did that two hundred miler, I'm like, hang on a second, you you did a two hundred mile, <laughs> a two hundred miler. So so people like that, they're they're ultra marathoners. I don't consider myself to be an ultra marathoner. I've done one. How does it feel? Yeah, feels pretty good actually. Now you've just said it, so thank you. Yeah, well, I've been uh, quite complimentary on so far, haven't I, Andy? You know, I've called you a triathlete and an ultramarathoner, you know, which, which you are those things, you know, and we can occasionally get a hung up, can't we? Well, how many times do I have to have run that ultra distance or how many times yeah. do I ever have to, you know, um, turn up, you know, a part run to say I'm a part runner? Well, you know, as far as I'm concerned, yeah. as long as you are getting out of the door, you've got running shoes on, you know, you, you, you are a runner, aren't you? You know, I don't think there's, mm-hmm. you know... um. A particular entry level but i certainly feel like a novice um you know i've run the marathon distance three times but you know i still feel like mm-hmm. i'm at that entry level and i don't know if you can resonate with that but um you know you certainly do inspire me mm-hmm. you know it was great to see your quest and for anybody tuning in if you just want to try and contextualize and articulate how it felt like when you look down on your watch or you were told by a friend you know we've got to 30 miles here and how did that feel? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, at this point, I must admit, I wasn't, um, I wasn't in the best shape of my life, as you can imagine. I've, I'd not gone that distance before, um, and it, it took me quite a few hours. I must admit. Um, so I've been on, I've been on my feet quite a long time, and to put that into perspective, it's only just gone daylight because obviously it's like one of the shortest times of the year for daylight hours um so it only just gone daylight we set off running and i just wanted to get back do that 50k before it went dark again and we were running around hollingworth lake for the 10th time and the sun had set and i thought i need to get down this hill pretty quick before it gets dark because mm. i ain't got a running i ain't got a head torch on or anything so um it's going to get quite dark um so how did it how did it feel well i looked down at my watch and um because i was i was timekeeper myself really and, and measuring it myself rather than getting other people to do it for me uh, and I thought right I should be I should be nearing the 50k mark and I looked down at my watch and it said 50.5 I'd already gone past it so I kind of missed the opportunity to celebrate um, so I got a little bit angry with myself then I thought I've missed it <laughs> so I just, I just ran even faster then so that was like my fastest split I think I did a split in under um, I think it was a five minute kilometer then and i've been running at like seven to eight you know for the for the last kind of five six hours so it's like kind of angry myself I thought, i've missed the opportunity to celebrate it's funny though because because um our really good friend and already a human being chris tattersall uh was saying as soon as you take one step beyond that 26 mile mark you are an ultra marathoner that's as simple as that you must remember to you know to celebrate and my other mate john who was joined us on on the day as well he was saying have you got your celebration ready i'm like uh no i've never thought about you celebrating <laughs> like, what do we do I do a backflip or what do we start shouting and singing i don't know what to do um so, so yeah it was it was it was a weird experience um because it's as you know the the event itself was not an organized event it was just one mm. where i thought i just need to do this you know what it's been like this year it's been awful um didn't want to use that as an excuse for not completing my challenges so i just i'm just doing it myself um inspired by yourself that the run we did the marathon we did uh, and also friend our friend chris who um he just arranged it himself just going to do my own thing here so yeah um there wasn't like a clock there wasn't like a, a, a group of people at the end at the finishing line it was a case of i just want to get to i just want to do that 50k and then just thank the world that i've managed to do it without getting injured and you know you know just get across that line and then just do a facebook live after 
So yeah, it felt, it, it felt pretty special. It, it, it was great to watch that video as well, you know, and it made me feel quite emotional. You know, and um, I'll put on record if somehow you managed to do a backflip after um, running 30 miles, you know, I would <laughs> to being a fly on the wall, you know, at that very time. Uh, but no, it's, it's, it's great. It's, it's great to see you have that support crew. And, you know, um, unfortunately, I wasn't around on that um, particular day because, you know, I would have loved nothing more than hold up a big placard, you know, more than likely um, designed by my daughter. Um, but, you know, I just, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I really appreciate being able to share some of the running experiences with you throughout 2020. So it's been unpredictable. It's been challenging. Mm. And, you know, um, I, I think what we've seen, you know, throughout the year is we've not had those organised events and we have had mm. to train differently, you know, and put on our own, you know, um, you know, personal events, you know, and if it means that, you know, we've got peers in the running community who join us along the way, that's even better, you know, and, um, have you looked at things differently? Because, you know, I know that me and you, knowing each other as well as we do, you know, we, mm. you know, typically chased medals. You know, um, there was yeah. usually a big yeah. event where it's like, right, you know, so there's that half marathon that's looming. I'm going to train and get a PB. Whereas the, have you looked mm. at your goals differently? You know, um, prior to coronavirus, you know, um, somehow overtaking and overspilling into all aspects of our personal lives. Are you, have you looked at your approach is to training differently and is it just pb based or is it just getting there and enjoying yourself i mean if you want to tell people listening you know um what has been different for you when you do an event compared to one year ago yeah i mean yeah totally different i mean we, we both know what it's like when you when you're in an organized event and there are hundreds if not thousands of people there in some respects it feels a lot easier to pace yourself against other people you know you can you know you can you can work out who's roughly your standard. Um, and I don't know about you, but the kind of runner I am is like, I start to I start off well within myself, you know, slowly, um, and then do almost like the Polar Radcliffe version of it and just <laughs> do negative splits. Now, I'm not comparing myself to Polar Radcliffe in any way at all. Um, but I like, I like to finish strong. Um, and it feels good to start towards the end to start to overtake people. So I use that as a way to build my confidence and and to you know to build energy if you like. But training on my own has been very very difficult. And there are times when I just had to train on my own. And I think I've learned a lot about myself doing this because since I started running, which was only kind of three and a half years ago, I've always run with other people. Um, yeah. And we talk a lot about openly about mental health and our own personal challenges. Um, and a few months ago, I did my longest ever run, which is like 20 miles. That wasn't my longest ever run, but longest ever run on my own. Mm. And it was it was a real soul searching experience. It was there was nobody to pace against. There was nobody to run alongside. You know, there weren't there weren't people holding banners up and thinking, oh, you know, in in five miles or in four miles, I'll I'll I'll, I'll get another medal. It was a case of just going out there knowing it's the right thing to do because, and as you said, training, it is, you know, it's training for an overall aim rather than a specific goal. So the approach has been different. And I must admit, when when you think, all right, I've not paid an entry fee, you know, so yeah. can I be bothered? Can I, can I be asked, really, get my trainers on? You know, it's mm. raining, it's cold. We'll live on the Pennines. It's not, you know, it's not the nicest weather all year round. So on the one hand, it's like, can I really be bothered? But on the other hand, you think, well, actually, it's it's the freest thing in the world. I, I get, and I still get anxious, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I still 
have, I won't say anxiety issues, but there are times when I just get very, very impatient. So if I've been setting myself up for an event, you know, some of the bigger ones, half marathons, marathons, for example, you get really excited and anxious about yeah. it. You can't wait to start. You know what I mean, don't you? So you, and you, you get all, you know, you know, this time in a week I'll be doing that. This time in five days I'll be doing that. This time in two hours it, I'll, I'll be running and stuff like When you don't have that build-up or that anxiety or the excitement, you sometimes like, well, do I really, do I have the energy? Do I have the, do I have the motivation to even be bothered? And I think that's the mindset. That, that's the difference this year. Nobody's holding you accountable or, you know, or, or, or you know, sponsorship for example or you know you started putting things on facebook or instagram mm -hmm. you know i'm looking forward to doing my first marathon or looking forward to doing my first ultra for example just a case of you know what my mindset is now a case of i'm doing it because i want to do it because i need to, i need to prove to myself that i can do it so it's not about chasing pbs um that's that's a big thing for me this year uh, because obviously there's been no events but i've, I've changed my outlook and my aims so these goals for example it used to be you know can they get under 30 minutes in a power run can it be under 25 minutes in a power run can i break the one hour barrier in a 10k can i break the two hour barrier you know in a half marathon now it's a yeah. case of how far can i go without falling over that's that's it's <laughs> kind of that you know it's, so so there's their aim so for me now it's a case of okay i've just i've just turned 50 um and I'm fitter than I've ever been, but I'm probably not going to get that much faster. If I focused on pace, I probably would, but more likely I'm going to get injured. So how far can I go? Can I mentally prepare myself to train for four, five, six, seven, eight hours, or maybe up to 12 mm -hmm. hours? So then, so that's the mindset I've got now is like, just how mentally tough am I? You know, you know, when, you know, how long can I be in these dark moments on my own running? In my own space without support that that's the approach and that's for me that's almost like a bit my pb is like you know how long can i run on my own for no yeah you know how fast can i run don't know does that make sense yeah it makes perfect sense and i think it's wonderful to hear that andy because you know you're saying that you've just turned 50 you've run the ultra marathon distance for the first time and is, is this is this something that's being unlocked inside of you mentally where you think I've got the rest of my life ahead of me and there's so much more that, you know, I could be doing because, you know, back, you know, when, you know, like when you was younger, do you think that you would be running at the age of 50 and running 30 miles or running these other events and taking part in triathlons? Oh, or no. have you just, or have you just <laughs> fought, you know, I'm 50. And did, did you feel like life has begun once again? I'm not talking just because of that one ultra distance that you've, um, you know, managed to, um, do over the weekend but you know have mm -hmm. you thought you know what 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 else am i capable of doing you know how much potential have i got inside of me that is undiscovered kind of kind of i like um i like to treat myself as, as almost like a human guinea pig you know it's a case of you know what can what can people actually do um I, you know and, and I'll, I'll use the same sort of mantra is that you know every day is a new start you know there's there's no limits to what we can achieve if we put our minds to it mm. and it wasn't so much you know right i'm getting to 50 now i don't want to be like you know fat um middle-aged bald not not much can do about the bald bit at the moment um but it wasn't a case of you know th this is a, a landmark age i need to prove something to myself it's just a case of what's next you know and so the running journey didn't start with oh 
I'm, you know, I'm getting old, you know, before I'm 50, I need to achieve this. It's more yeah. a case of I just need to change my lifestyle. And if I change my lifestyle, I can change my attitude and the mindset as well. It's then, you know, what, you know, what's possible. It, so it's not a case of putting limits on myself. It's a case of, you know, just lifting those limits. And, and honestly, when I'm running now, I sometimes think, God, you know, 49, 50 years old. I, I don't, I genuinely do not feel it. I just, it's not that the gravity or the, or the, the label of that age just doesn't mean a single thing. I, I'm fitter now than I've ever been in my life. Um, and we're talking to a lot of people at weekend, obviously I had a lot of support. Um, we're talking about heart rates, you know, so I, I, I do like the science. I like the data, yeah. but I also like to run on feel as well. Um, and one, one track session, I came back and everything up, uploaded to Strava and Training Peaks. Um, and I got a notification from Training Peaks to say that you've hit um, a new heart rate threshold, which I thought, oh, that's, that's interesting. So my heart thresh threshold, if you use like the, you know, the, the, the standard data would be 220 beats per minute minus your age. So I should be mm. maxing and my maximum at 170, but it maxed at 200. So that's with yeah. a proper heart rate monitor. So I'm hitting 200 beats per minute. Now that's there because, you know, it's 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 really high because I I properly put a shift in at the track. When it's at the, I just lose my yeah. I just lose everything at the track. There's nothing left behind um, at the track. So I just totally drain the tank, and that's probably why my heart rate goes so high. But then on the other hand, it's like, well, somebody else of of a similar age would they be able to do that? Or would they, you know? You know, if, if I hit 200 beats yeah. per minute five years ago, I might have died. You know, so <laughs> it's, it's things like that. It's like just how fast can I go? How hard can I train? How far can I go? I just literally want to feel the most pain I can feel and then go, yeah, that's the limit. <laughs> it's like, you know, so it's like 50K. Yep. Actually, that wasn't limit. I genuinely felt like I could have done another 10K afterwards. It would have been a lot slower, a lot more painful. Yeah. But yeah. I literally want to get to the point of, that's me done. Do you remember last year we did a run with SIP and we just, I think we did something crazy. We ended up going over the summit in Royston. Yeah, we did. Yeah, I think it turned out about 18, 19 miles. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. yeah and, and, but, you know, it's, it's, it's good that you've had to brought that up because that's pushing ourselves through our limitations, you know, um, on a Wednesday evening as well. Yeah. You know, when you've worked all day. And just going out and thinking, you know, how far can exactly. I go, go with this? And, you know, when you talk about limitations, it isn't, it isn't, it is so important. And you, you never truly believe, I mean, you don't even, you know, allow it to, you know, like slip into your thought process. You know, when you're getting your running shoes out and you're just running to, you know, the lamppost at the end of, you know, your, your road and you're thinking, how many more lap, lampposts can I, can I reach here before yeah, I'm blowing yeah. out of my ass? You, you never yeah. think at that, at that stage. I'm going to run 30 miles one day. You're just thinking, as long as I can reach three lampposts and build up to 30 lampposts, I'm happy enough with that. You know, yeah. it's, 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 it's unbelievable, isn't it? And, you know, I, I've really um, surprised myself because I used to hate running. It's, 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 it's madness. I did everything mm. in my, you know, um, power not to run. It's like, oh, I'm going to be late for the train. I'd just wait for the next train, you know, even if it meant that mm. I had to break out into a run for 100, 200 metres. But it's just not cool, is it, running for trains? That's the thing. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> it's like, I, you know, you start a jog. Is anybody looking? Ah, I meant to uh, just, I, I just tripped up. That's all it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wasn't, and wasn't not, when you, so not, not when you're wearing a suit either. 
you know exactly in, in my case uh, you know 10, 10 years ago it was a, well a skinny fit suit so yeah there would have been no movement in the knees whatsoever yeah well we're, well we've all had questionable fashion haven't we um <laughs> especially myself um not that night we when we did that run with sip and you've hit the nail on the head there it's like hard day at work you know oh, i've got a run coming up um just went out and did the run knowing full well that i could run that distance mm. but i completely forgot hydration and nutrition but it was yeah. a really good test because you know when when people ask me now you know you know how do you prepare for a half marathon or you know how do, how do you run 20 miles you know or make sure you got your hydration sorted make sure your nutrition's right make sure you've stretched out properly you know do all the things that you should always do yeah um and here's me i just finished work came home got changed went straight out saw you at sip and then we just smashed out this run and after like 15 60 miles thinking my body just won't move i'm in so <laughs> much pain I'm like shit i've not even had one gel i'm like ben have you got any gels please i need some. yeah I remember giving you a gel. Yeah, I remember giving you one gel, you know, on that evening, uh, which was but, one of the expensive Martin gels. You know, I so, they were uh, very nice. They were very nice. But I, th I think that's that's the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, mm. there's there's like, there's, there's, there's wisdom out there which says, well, if you're going to do this, you need to do it this way. Well, what, what would happen if I just went out there running without any nutrition? What mm. is actually mm. in my body? What, you know, and is it is it my body or is it my mind? If you know what I mean? Yeah, and it sometimes can be that placebo effect, can't it, with nutrition? Yeah. Because, you know, um, some people go out the door, you know, and I, I tend to do it, you know, if I go out first thing in the morning, you know, fasted fasted runs, you know, and occasionally mm. get up to that seven, eight miles mark. I mean, I'm not going to get, you know, beyond that, you know, with nothing in my stomach, but it just shows, you know, mm. even on a lack of sleep. I mean, that, that that's, that's, one, that's one thing that I've taken that a silver lining with, you know, not having a race day because – I get quite excitable and anxious leading up to the race day, which means that I get very little sleep. Mm. So using Manchester Marathon, for example, you know, um, yeah. I had about three, four hours sleep. I couldn't even get one full bagel, you know, inside of me yeah. and somehow yeah. managed to run 26 miles. And this is on top of my belt that I was wearing at the time with all my gels inside and the zip snapped on it. So I couldn't even get access to my own <laughs> belt. So I only managed to have three gels throughout the 26 miles. So it just shows, you know, um, when you, I'll actually ask you this. So when you got to put your mind to, you know, a great feat and the odds are stacked against you, you know, mm. how, how, how do you, how, how do you overcome that personally? Um, a, a lot of it's accountability for me. So, you know, it's almost a cheat in some respects that I like to do things for charity. So there's been, you know, Andy's Man Club, there's been Mind, there's been Action Oldham and this year Macmillan, is that if I'm I'm doing it to raise money for charity or raise awareness of a cause, I can't let anybody down. If I'm doing it for myself, then well, it needs to be a really good goal if I'm if I'm doing it for myself. Um so so that's so that's how I kind of get around it, is think, well, people are actually banking on me now. And nobody nobody goes, yeah. I put £10 in your charity. Have you done it? Nobody's ever done that. Nobody's ever gone, you know, well, actually, you, you only did 25 miles. I, I was paying you a tether to do a marathon. So what do you think you're doing? Get my money back. Nobody ever does that. Um, but I think there's, there's, there's a level of accountability, which really helps. And that's how I started running is because I was raising money for charity. So there's that yeah. level of accountability. So the mindset change is totally different now. The mindset now is, as I said before, is like, how far can I go with this? You know, just what are my boundaries do i have any boundaries you know 
what what do yeah. I do? And I think what's what's really worked for me in the past is I have a vision board at home and I write a lot of stuff on that vision board. I'm looking at it now actually. Um and it's incredible to think that when I've written things down going back to 2017, 2018, everything I've written on that vision written on that vision board I've achieved. Um yeah. but at the time of writing it's like what an idiot. Why am I writing that <laughs> I will do a marathon? I've not even done a 5K. You know, it's things like mm. that. You know, so so why, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's a difficult it's a difficult one because your purpose changes. It evolves. It goes from I need to raise awareness for Andy's Man Club. I need to raise some money for Action Oldham Fund, for example. So now it's a case of I've got people sending me messages now asking me, you know, how do I do this? How do, how do I start mm. running? Or, you know, can you give me some tips? And and then I get messages saying, you know, you're a genuine inspiration to me because four years ago you were a fat cat. You know, you would never <laughs> run. Um, no, you know, I, I mean, we can delve into that, Andy. And, you know, and from, from what I take from you is, you know, you talk about accountability. And would you say that your accountability is being purpose-driven? You know, not, not just for yourself, but to make an impact on other people's lives. Yeah, I think it's split in, split in two ways. There is there is a, a bigger drive within myself now, personally, to go. Yeah, I just I just want to know what I can achieve now. You know, it is that it's. I'm just I'm just getting curious about what is further. Um, but the the other part is like you know, is this this higher purpose is probably a case of. I, I just want to demonstrate not as much to myself because you know I'm I'm my own witness. You know, wherever you know wherever I am, there's me all the time watching what I'm doing. So I've got something mm. to, you know, to hold myself accountable, you know. So if I'm lying in bed and I'm on Facebook on a Saturday morning at nine o'clock and I know I should be going for a run, I feel awful. You know, I feel terrible. Yeah. Whereas, you know, it just now feels great. Where previously the purpose was I need to raise money for charity. Now yeah. it's a case of I know that if I don't train this weekend, I'm going to really feel bad mentally mm -hmm. you know i'm going to feel guilty i'm going to feel lethargic my, you know my, my anxiety will start to spike there's a depressive episode maybe two or three days away if i don't run today or tomorrow so you know there's, there's a physical reason for this as well so it is more of a lifestyle now which previously yeah. that your purpose was something totally different what about yourself do you find that because you know you're fairly new to the you know to this crazy mm. malarkey running game aren't you yeah, yeah, man. I just find I've become very um, immersed into it. And, you know, I can relate to what you just said, Andy. And um, I, I just find, you know, um, if I, I found my niche now. So I found, like, you know, uh, my life partner. And I don't know if that makes sense with you. So, you know, I tried my hand at so many different things in the past, you know, mm. when it comes to physical exercise or movement, you know, whether it's playing rugby, football, crossfit throwing free weights around which did absolutely nothing for my mental health because i was still stuck indoors you know what brings me great joy and puts a smile on my face not just um on the outside but you know inside as well yeah. is going out and you know um just looking at the great outdoors you know breathing in that fresh air and you know um, just yeah. see, seeing the scenery change and not running but walking as well but i've, I've said this um previously um you know in an early episode that you know, um, I enjoy running more than walking or hiking because you get out of the way mm. quicker and you see a lot more things when you're out running, you know, because mm. um, that canvas is changing. Uh, but for, for myself, I've, I've just found that perfect life partner. And, 
You know, I'm not saying yeah. that. It, I wouldn't say that it's the perfect comparison, me referring it to a perfect life partner. But you ride that storm, don't you? So, you know, with running, you know, you can get niggles and injuries. You know, you can um, mm. plateau in regards to being inspired to get yourself out of the door. But you know that it will always be there for you and be supportive. And it just regulates my mood incredibly. And, you know, three, three years of running, you know, you, I, and I, I don't know if you ask yourself the same thing, you know, um, why did I not start this earlier? But it's all about <laughs> discovery. It's, 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 it's a discovery, yeah. isn't it? And until you yeah. try it, you know, it's, it's you who has to make that decision to think, I'm going to give this game of running. I don't necessarily like calling it the sport of running, but the game of running, you, you know, mm-hmm. um, because it is like snakes and ladders. You get shin splints, you have a little bit of a rest, and you go out for your runs, and you feel like you're starting all over again, and you're moving up that um, snakes and ladders board. You know, it just continues yeah. and continues. So it's like an experience, isn't it? You know, um, you yeah. have good times and you have, um, you know, bad times as well. But, you know, it's ways of overcoming that and thinking, you know what, um, the pros from running are massive. And you think about it, Andy, um, it's the most natural thing that we have been gifted as humans you know when we you know we run from you know um darkness and you know frightening things you know like when we're kids you know when we're in dark room or we think something's under our bed we run to our parents you know for safety we run into the arms of loved ones you know you see kids you know when they start to um, walk as toddlers you know they don't they they don't walk do they as soon as they get walking they're running Mm -hmm. before you know it and quickly that gets um you know, it gets extracted from our lifestyles, you know, because the older we get, we get, um, you know, like, you know, more um, responsibilities. Yeah. So I, I just think it's the most natural thing that we've got as human beings. And that's what I say to everybody else. You know, it is natural. You know, we stop it for a long period of time. But, you know, if, if you don't use it, you you lose it. Mm. Yeah, I think I, I think it's really interesting that they hit on that because I was going to say something quite similar is because, you know, some people like yourself try rugby, try football try weights, try CrossFit. These are these are activities which are which have got a particular purpose, you know. So, you know, team team activities, for example, you're mm. working in a team, you're supporting each other. Some are more physical than others. Me and rugby just do not match, uh, do not mix in any way at all. Uh, there's plenty of stories about that. Um football, I was crap at football at school. I did get man of the match a few times when I played Sunday League, but only because I'm a trier. You know, mm. I was just not good, um, but it just didn't feel natural. It's like a lot of hard work team sports for me. Yeah. Um, weights, yeah, that's just, again, it's just not for me. That's a lot of effort for very minimal results. I just don't mm. see the point of it. You know, so there's, there's so many things like that. And eventually, when it, when I started running, and you know, you you know, you've listened to my my TEDx talk. Is that mm. it's the last thing. I thought would ever do. You know, I, I cheated at school. The only time I cheated at school was to avoid <laughs> running because I did not want to run. It's to, to me, it felt the most unnatural thing in the world. You know, why did God invent motor cars then? If we, you know, if we were meant yeah. to run would be the argument, you know. So there's there are so many more efficient ways of getting from point A to B. But that isn't the point. It's not about getting from point A to B, is it? It's about just enjoying that journey. And there are there are times now, particularly this year, running on my own, running with friends, it just feels natural. And, mm. yeah, actually, there are, there are times, uh, and transcendence is quite a heavy word, but there are times you just totally transcend and think, I, I have no idea where the last hour went. I, I've, I've been running for an hour, and I, I don't even remember what happened in that last hour. I've just been in a completely different place. It's been like meditation almost, yeah. which is 
weird to say the least because running used to be you know breathing and you know sweating and like oh, I'm thirsty or oh, this is hurting mm. that's hurting and then you know to think this year I think that's the transcendence it's gone out yeah it's the most natural thing you can do but actually it just feels like the most alive I've ever been in my life yeah is when I'm on a long run I'm actually connecting now with nature you know you say you see the change in landscape you're like actually this is amazing it just feels like I should be here right now doing this most natural of things. I feel completely alive. Um, yeah. And I think, that's, I think that's the change for me this year is that it was for a different purpose. Now it's something completely different. I do it because it just feels like the right thing to do. It, and again, touched on this before. If I don't run for two days, I'm getting so anxious. I become a horrible person. I know you won't believe this, but sometimes I can be a horrible person. So I need to go running on a regular basis. And I think Nikki sometimes will say, just go for a run, Andy. <laughs> and that's, yeah. a, that's a way of saying, okay, you, you're getting on my nerves now. So no, um, I, yeah. I, I do, I do laugh at that, Andy, because um, I, it happened with me. You know, um, Sunday morning, switched on the TV, seven o'clock, and began to watch the London Marathon. And you know, I'd not been for a run for a few days. Didn't particularly feel good. I was sluggish. And the more I watched, you know, the footage of London Marathon. You know, um, I, I just found myself getting more frustrated. And Siobhan just turned to yeah. me and said, you're getting out of that door and you're going out for a run. <laughs> it's five kilometres. And it yeah. just made me feel like a new man. But with what you just yeah. uh, mentioned, Andy, you know, I think it's great because, we, you know, if you've been a runner for a period of time or even brand new to running this year, there's not been any, mm. you know, um, you know, there's, there's not been, you know, any whistles and bells attached to it you know mm -hmm. in regards to events and you know people mm -hmm. have had to train differently just get out and you know i think we're massively fortunate with where we live you know you mentioned oh, that we live on the pennines and sometimes yeah. you know where we live in you know in oldham part of greater manchester we don't give it enough credit because it's such a beautiful place mm -hmm. you know you, you you run 10 15 minutes down the road you know depending on what's on your doorstep and it's mm -hmm. it you, you're discovering places in your own hometown that you never knew were there before, yeah. you know, and every yeah. time that I go out for a run, it's like an adventure. I'm discovering a new part of Oldham or Rochdale mm. or Manchester, yeah. wherever it might be. And that's the beauty of it. It's like, you know, yeah. um, when you open a travel um, brochure, you know, I'll go to a travel agent. It's always the best handful of attractions, no matter where you go in the world. And the, the mm. best place are those that aren't, you know, typically discovered, you know, or they're, know. they're like hidden gems. And that's all it takes. Get on your running shoes. And just just run, you know, make it up as you go along. And, you know, it can turn out to be quite a life humbling experience. Yeah. And, you know, it, 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 I totally, I totally agree with you on this one. And, you know, a lot of us when we've been running recently, especially in the Pennines, have gone, you just could be anywhere now. But this is probably one of the most beautiful things I've yeah. ever seen in my life. But how bizarre is it to say that, you know, if you're in Rochdale, you're in Oldham. These do not sound synonymous with beautiful places in the world, do they? You know? <laughs> no. so, so when people, yeah, I'm from a from a council estate in Northern England on the outskirts of Manchester, mm. not really the kind of place people will go. Oh, that sounds beautiful for running, you know. So uh, again, you know, like this vision board that I put on the Boulder, mm. Colorado, because I've seen it on YouTube. You know, you see some <laughs> of the, some of the best athletes. Yeah, I'm going training in Boulder, Colorado, and you look at them and go, oh, that looks stunning. And then um, Chamonix, for example, you know, you know these yes. the, the ultra runners and the trail runners are going. Oh, Chamonix looks breathtaking. Is that and for the MU2MB? 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. But there's loads of them, and, you know, and Killian Jornet is like, he's oh, running through the Pyrenees and you're going, oh, that is just stunning. And then, you know, we, we'll go for a run one weekend and go, we could literally be anywhere right now. You know, it had been snowing recently and we, we ran around Hollingworth Lake. We saw mm. the sun setting over a lake. The colours were just, and I'm colourblind, but the colours were phenomenal. And you look over to the left and you see a hill covered in snow. Mm. You just could be anywhere. And this is in Rochdale, you know. And it's really weird that I, when people have said, you know, what, what are your favourite events? I'd, I'd say the Little yeah. Bit 10K is my favourite 10K. My favourite half marathon is not Manchester, is Rochdale. I, you yeah, just, I fantastic event. Thought. My favourite part run is Liverpool. You know, you just you just would never imagine that, you know, when somebody <laughs> says, what's your favourite what's your favourite half marathon? Well, Rochdale, you know, the, the images you get when you say the word Rochdale are not always positive. Now, I've become a big fan of Rochdale, which mm. which is strange. And because you run out of that, you run out of that town and you go along the canals, beautiful, then you run this lovely windy road to a beautiful lake and then you run back down again and it is stunning. That's Rochdale. And well, it, it is. And you, you know, it's, it's funny we're talking about um, Rochdale because, you know, this is likely going to be the last episode of the podcast for 2020. I hope not. And, <laughs> and um, <laughs> casting, casting my mind back to the first episode, you know, the guest that we had on, um, you know, um, unbelievable guy. And, you know, his um, f- favourite um, 10K was Rochdale and it was his first 10K and he's from Lincoln. You know, which is, you know, it's incredible, isn't go. it? You know, he's got fa- he's got family who live in Rochdale, but it's like, you know, um, you know, I just thought, you know, um, what 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 event can I do where, you know, I'm not going to be seen by everybody who I know in Lincoln, you know, <laughs> to be bumping into someone. Yeah. Oh, I'll go to Rochdale, no. you know, which happens to be a fantastic event and, you know, quite a popular one as well. But, yeah, yeah we, we just, we're just so um, lucky in the respect that, you know, um, it's like something that I want to um, do at some point next year is, you know, run along the Pennine Way. You know, I'm not t- talking about the whole length of it. Not not next year, anyway. Um, but you know, it's certainly a dream of mine. But to run, you know, across a, you know, um, quite quite a proportionate amount of it. You know, over a couple mm. of days. You know, another multi-day event, and that's something that you know I'd love to do. So, you know, yeah. is, your, is your advice, Andy, for anyone listening? Get over to Rochdale. You know, if you don't want to do an event, <laughs> go down the Canal Toll Pass and Hollywood Lake. If not, into the Rochdale 10K or half marathon. I've never given that advice before tonight. <laughs> but um, I, I, funny, I was, I was tell, I was, I was saying to Nikki because my wife Nikki now she's, she's really enjoying running now, and I think mm. that's the advice right there. Just enjoy what you do. You know, don't put yourself under pressure. Strava is not important. No. You know, your splits are not important. You know, your KOMs and your PBs and your achievements, they're not important. In that moment when you're running, are you enjoying it? that's the important thing if it feels like yeah. hard work then you're probably doing it wrong you know when you're going on a long run okay training something different but if you're going out there and you're just having fun you've got a smile on your face and you're feeling free and feeling alive you're probably doing it right um, yeah. so that's my first bit of advice but when it came to um bit of advice i gave to nikki and one of her friends as well she's like oh, how do you get into running you know Mm. What is actually a question? You, you buy some trainers and you go for a run. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's you know what do you want me to say here. There's no secrets to running. We were born to do it. Just put some trainers on, go for a run. But um, something we've already just mentioned that we live in the Pennines. You know, it's a really really hilly area. You know, we I leave my door. I'm either going uphill or down a hill, which means starting on an incline or finishing on an incline. That's how the runs go, and that is a 
big reason why people don't run in this area not yeah. because it's not beautiful and it truly is it's because it is really hard to start running so if you live in lincoln for example it's probably going to be a lot easier you know yeah people living in norfolk and you know even parts of cheshire where it's fairly flat yeah pan flat you, you don't know what a hill is you know until you until you get to the pennines seriously you know it, it is difficult but some of the advice i gave to nikki and one of her friends was just go on the canal park up at the canal mm. just jump on and then run in one direction and when they get tired then run back it's the easiest thing you can possibly do you know when people are asking that how do you plan a route jump out of your car if you're going to drive to that route run in one direction run back yeah. you cannot get lost and canals are pretty flat you know so mm. that's some advice i've given to people i don't like it when people ask me for advice because i can be quite direct with it you know how do you lose weight uh exercise more eat less you know i don't yeah. know what do you want me to tell you there's no tricks here there's no secrets how do you start no, no. it's, 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 it's personal it's individual you know to yeah. whoever's in those running shoes and I don't like giving direct advice because it's through my own experiences and what works for me might not work for other yeah. people. But I just said, you know, like, keep, I just say, keep it simple, you know, simplify running and run for feel. Don't get too hung up about numbers because everybody is so different. Yeah. There are different, um, you know, parts, you know, during their journey, you know, and, you know, you, you might get some people who, you know, they like a duck to water, you know, they go out and mm. they're smashing out at fantastic times. You can be inspired by them, but you need to remember mm. that don't get too upset if you aspire to be like them and you don't match them. Yeah. yeah, I think, you know, that that's a that's a life lesson, isn't it? You know, this isn't mm. just running we're talking about now. Don't aspire to be like anybody else because, you know, you're just cheating yourself, aren't you? You're cheating yourself out of your own life. If you're always comparing yourself to other people, you know, material possessions, you know, what kind of yeah. car that person drives, what kind of a house did they live in, what kind of area did they live in, you know, what brand of clothing do they wear? You know, I, I need to get a better job then so I can afford that kind of thing. You know, comparing yourself to other people, you're just cheating yourself. You know, you're just doing yourself out of happiness all the time. And I think it's the same with running. And I must admit, for the longest time, I didn't run because I thought I'll be crap. And I'm the kind mm -hmm. of person who is, I won't do anything unless I'm ever going to be good at it. And running was one of those <laughs> things where there is no way I'll ever be good at running. Well, is another life lesson you won't get good at anything until you start it's as simple as that it's with any level of confidence whether it's running fitness or public speaking or you know yeah. doing a new job or whatever you do there's confidence in anything and confidence is is a contract there's no such thing as confidence it's about just literally doing it and how do you feel when you do it, it it's just as simple as that and the more you do it the more confident you'll become it's just a fact well, 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 it does, and you know, it's it's, it's all about earning that potential as well. And you know, um, I, I've referred to you know when you get a child who's beginning to walk, so it's baby, and then they start walking and they're running, but they don't yeah. do that immediately. You know, they're getting up after falling. You know, they're trying again and again and again. You know, until they get it, and that's you can apply. You know, that mm. example to you know um, every element of life. You know, you can't expect to go into something and you know be perfect first time round. You know, and um, sometimes what we see on social media in particular is you only see those perfect moments. You don't see what's underneath, you know, the iceberg, mm -hmm. you know, in the water. You don't see what's led up to that moment. You know, you see the person who's 
you know, um, showing off the medal and saying, you know, I've got a personal best. I've run a marathon in, you know, sub three hours. You know, that's great. Mm -hmm. Not everybody can do that. And that's why I allude to, you know, um, don't aspire to be that person. You know, just yeah, just inspire point. yourself. And you think about it, it doesn't matter who you are as a runner, you know, as a person and an individual in life, you are going to be inspiring somebody else. So when we look at running, you know, mm -hmm. and it's um, on, um, you know, if it, on its own, you know, you're going to be inspiring somebody else. If you're running down the road, someone might be passing you, coming in the opposite direction in a car, thinking, you know what, I've not run since I was at, um, you know, secondary school. I'm going to get my shoes on tonight. And, you know, there they mm -hmm. might be some tatty old shoes. There might be work boots, but you're inspiring somebody else. You know, and that's that's mm -hmm. the way I look at it. It's like, you know, when I've, I've given this advice in the past, it's like, you know, if you're setting up a running collective or a running club, don't try mm -hmm. and, be try don't try and aspire to be like a running club that has been in your local area that has 200 members as long as you're having five or ten people turn up even if it's just one other person you are inspiring them you know it's obviously mm. working you're making a positive positive impact on other people and that's what i say don't give up too early you know just keep going if you enjoy it don't worry about what other people are thinking about you just worry about how yeah. you feel about what you're interested in doing at that very time no, I, I I agree with that. I mean, you we talk about setting up a, a running collective or a running club, for example, and comparing to others. You know, we you know we've we've had conversations about this in the mm. past. You know, what what is different about our running club, our our running crew? Well, yeah. Well, does it have to be different? Not mm. really, because and this is something I learned from joining a, a triathlon club. I didn't join a triathlon club for about two years. I'm like, oh, I want, I'm going to do a triathlon, but. Mm. I don't want to join. I'm going to feel like an idiot because I'm like, you know, they're all really good. They're all athletes and I'm not, you know, I'm going to be embarrassed, but it's just providing the opportunity or creating the space for somebody just to get involved with people. And I think that's for me, one of the, one of the key things is that newer runners, newer triathletes, for example, just get really intimidated by people who are better than them. You know, and I think there's this big thing inside all of us that we don't want to be judged. But yes nobody nobody ever judges us you know i think this is what's so good about it's all good is that nobody's judging anyone you know literally and nobody's showing off nobody's going to oh, check out my new brooks ghost or whatever or <laughs> check out my pb because it isn't like that you know yeah. and what something i was speaking with uh joe very going back a while yes. ago we you know we we're quite similar joe and i in some respects is that we're mm. quite competitive and we don't like to compete with others in case we don't yeah. do well um and i'm not putting joe down in any way at all but joe is, is an incredible athlete oh, he is, yeah. his you know his transition from non-runner to runner is is just meteoric he's he's so, mm. he's an inspiration to me um and we were running together and we, we had these conversations like we can't believe how inclusive running actually is because we felt that running is like a quite an isolating activities like running is something like people do on their own to get out of the house you know or um you know yeah. something you do alone but it is the most inclusive thing there is you know we spoke about team sports football mm. rugby, you know, could be hockey could be basketball whatever you know you expect this to be a team thing but running is such a team effort you know in your, in your yeah. running crew for example that's a team effort people are encouraging each other people are sharing tips and techniques people are just taking the mind off the pain for example you know that's another way of supporting each other and then you've got people going i'm going for my pb at part run okay i'll run with you and i'll pace with you and my experience of running with people all from running clubs and from triathlon clubs at weekend mm. a lot 
all those people helped me achieve something I never thought would be possible and I couldn't have done it on my own. So I think that's kind of the point behind this is that running for me has become actually something where I've gained so many new friends and I found it so inclusive. People of all ages, all backgrounds, you know, religions, skin colours. Mm. It's just an equaliser because we're doing the same thing in the same space for the same reasons. Um, and that's what I really enjoy about running. So for me, that's running is probably the most inclusive sport, if you want to call it a sport, the, the most inclusive thing out there because everybody can do it. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's a team of individuals. And, you know, as long as you keep running simple, you know, it's, it's, it's just breathtaking. And I don't know if you actually know this, Andy, but it's um, Joe Vary who introduced me to David Goggins. All <laughs> oh, right. So you've met David Goggins? No, no. I, I mean, I'd love to, but I'm sure it'll come at a cost. And, you know, I'm sure he'd tell I don't me think he'd say much to you. He'd probably just swear at you. Well, yeah, I was about to say, I'm sure he'd just tell me that I'm an absolute failure. I have always been an advocate in supporting small business and have tried and tested numerous products throughout the year. Some of the highlights for me have been Harrier Run Free, who produce high quality hydration bags, soft flasks and reprieve recycled clothing, Mountain Fuel, whose nutrition range have helped keep my energy levels up with their delicious jellies and flapjacks, and Belega, who have looked after my feet on the trails and road with their reliable sock range. All of these products I truly believe will benefit you as a runner. The small business who I've fallen in love with this year, who have supported me and my run crew, it's all good throughout 2020, is Fractal. Fractal produce lightweight durable caps that will battle through all elements and keep the sun and rain off your face. Their performance headwear was born in Queensland, Australia and is now well loved by runners worldwide. Fractal have kindly provided a discount code if you are still wondering what to gift the runner in your life. By heading to the website fractal.co.uk and using the code Running Matters, you will get 15% off all orders. Now let's head back to the conversation with Andy Hall, who tells us how running became a part of his life. I know about how you got introduced to running and you know what led to that. Uh, you know, um, I think it's something that other people would thoroughly love to hear. So, you know, how did you get into running? <laughs> uh, yeah, um, bit bit of an accident, I suppose, but a, a happy accident. Um, so, how long have we got, Ben? Do you want do you want the the longer version or the shorter version? I'm not too fussed. You know, we can have the director's cut. You know, um, it's um, no holds barred. So I'm all ears, and I, I I love hearing this story as well. I'm sure other people will love hearing it too. Um, I'll jump in probably midway through the story then. So I'm at a charity event. Uh, in Halifax and um, it's an Andy's Man Club annual event um, and I've had a few drinks I've, I've already kind of been stood in front of the stage with the microphone in my hand so I'm now like celebrating to myself and having a drink um, so I've just shared my story in front of a, a room full of strangers um, feeling quite emotional so I've had a pint and then another pint and another pint and they're my friend and my, and my wife and my daughter and my friend Kelly 
said, um, do you fancy doing a charity event for Andy's Man Club? I'm like, I will do anything for these guys. I will, mm. Anything. You just you just ask and I will do it. So Kelly is uh, one of the community managers, if not the community manager director. I'm probably doing her a disservice now, but if you're listening, Kelly, I truly love you because you changed my life with this, mm. with this happy accident. Um, she said, do you fancy doing the Milltown Half Marathon? Um, I went, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do anything for you. I'll do anything for you guys. I love you guys. I'll do it. Um, and in the morning, she tweeted me and goes, all right, so when you're signing up for the Milltown, I'm like, oh, shit. What have I, what have I agreed to? It? <laughs> uh, the Milltown Half Marathon. And I can't, you know, one, I'm one of these people, you probably like yourself. If you say you're going to do something, you'll do it. Even yeah. if you think it won't work out well. I've said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm, I've made a commitment. I'm going to follow through on that commitment. So I said, okay. I'm going to do a half marathon. Um, tell me more about this Milltown half marathon. Oh, yeah, it's just, you know, it's a half marathon, 13.1 miles. I'm like, shit. <laughs> um, I, did, I did part run once and I hated it. Uh, I, I didn't understand why people got so excited about part run. So so what's this then? 13.1 miles? So how does, how does that work? All right. So I'm going to do, I'm going to do like more than four part runs. Yeah, that ain't happening, but I've already made a commitment for Andy's Man Club and, and to my mate Kelly, so I better start training. Um, so that's how I got into it. It was just a bit of an accident. Um, I'd like to uh, I'd like to say, you know, I had a I had a I had a, a revelation or I had a an epiphany, but no, I didn't. I was pissed. That's when a lot of um, sign-ups to races tend to happen. You know, a few <laughs> drinks. You know, you're usually you know in company of other people who you're inspired by. You know, and they just drop. You know, plant that seed in your head, and it just doesn't go away. You know, and um, I, I, I call myself. You know, I like refer to myself like a dog with a bone. You know, once once my I've got it in my mindset that I want to do something. I, you know, it's like oh, an unmet wow. need until I sign up to it and I've actually completed. You know, the task at hand. You know, I am like mm. a dog with a bone. There's, there's no getting it off me until there's nothing left of it. Definitely are. You are tenacious. I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the that's the shorter version of it, anyway. Yeah, and it's it's not just thirteen point one miles. It's thirteen point one miles with a bloody lot of hills. Yeah, how, yeah. how many how many feet are we talking? Is it thirteen hundred feet? Is it something that sounds right? If, if Chris was here now, he'd tell us to the exact feet and probably tell oh, us yeah, up what incline and what percentage of a climb it would be. But yeah. And he probably also said they're not hills. No, <laughs> no. Hills. And, and comparing, um, yeah, comparing this hilly. to Manchester Marathon, though, which I think it's just mm-hmm. got short of 200 foot of climbing. Yeah, it's, yeah it's so it's massive. Yeah, it is. It's funny that because when I did the Manchester Marathon, I ran with this guy. It's going back to an earlier point, but I'll circle back to this. Um I was running the guy for maybe half of it. Guy from London, I think he was in the army, quite a high decorated. And his thing is, he's doing marathons around the world and up and down the country. So I asked him, you know, what, why the Manchester Marathon? He said, I can't get into the London one, but Manchester's my favourite one because of the atmosphere and the attitude mm. of the fans. You know, the people, the support is just so much better. You know, it's not just that it's cheaper to enter, but it's, you know, the the additional costs aren't there but yeah but he said oh it isn't half a hilly one i'm like you're having a laugh an hilly sport drink out I'm like an hilly choked on my gel so are you kidding me manchester is as flat as it comes you don't know hills my friend 
So like I say, it's only like a couple of hundred feet um, of, of climbing in it. And it's like, oh, yeah, what about this for a hill? It's like, this is a speed bump. It was a bridge probably near Carrington or something. Yeah, uh, as I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> my, because, yeah, but this is a proper hill. I said, seriously, mate, you want to get yourself to Oldham, get yourself on those Pennines, and, and I'll show you what a proper hill is. Um, but, yeah, the, the mill town, um, yeah, the first time I did that, I think I was, as you run up to Scout Head, is it? before you get to Lee's, you know, mm. with the... Um, is it where the White Heart is? That's it, up to the White yeah. Heart. I saw three people fall over and vomit on, my, on the <laughs> first time I did that. No, seriously, people... And a guy I ran with recently as well said he was doing quite well, but he ended up being ambulanced um, at one point because he, um, he almost died because it is so tough. And when you run past the golf course, mm. that's... Mm. Well, not many people can run up that hill. It is insanely steep. And it's just hill after hill after hill. But what well, goes up must come down. So, you know, there's a lot of descents as well. But yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah, it wasn't the easiest half marathon to, to start with. So that's how it, you know, that's how it came about. And yeah, a bit stupid really, but that's how yeah. it started. It's it's like the north of England's um, answer to marathon disciples. It should come with a death dis- disclaimer. You know, because of um, you know those um, steep um, you know verts that you've got to climb up. So, um, what, what I want to know, Andy, yeah. is something that we talked about yeah. previously. You know, with us being both good friends. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I'm going to you know tweak this um, somewhat and ask you, what is your value proposition in running and movement? My value proposition, or the value proposition? Yes, the value proposition. Wait. Mm, I'm not sure if you understand your question there. Do you want to reframe it for yeah. me? So, so it's in it. regards to your running value. So, you know, like with value proposition and, you know, like your life values, do they, do they differ, you know, like from your running values or are they quite um, comparable? Um, well, they're very closely intertwined. I suppose it's now more about, you know, we touched on purpose mm. before. Um, and I'm, I'm probably all about experience. And I think, you know, running for me now running is opening up things for me um like travel you know so this hasn't Mm. been the best year for travel um but for me the value of it is we said before about inclusivity everybody does it all around the world you know it's it's, where i see the value in this for me is that i can go to and i did this in february i went to see my you know my best friend in spain um, he lives in, he lives just near Alicante, and we did a run together there, and it was oh, it's just amazing to run in another country. It's the first time I'd ever done it. I did the Benidorm half marathon, and that kind of, you know, when you said like you're like a dog with a bone, it's like, well, this is it now. I need to find new places to run with new people. Um, so for me, it's that you know, it, it connects people, but it also opens up the world a little bit more. If that, if that, I know that sounds a bit strange, but you know, we we can travel except for this year, we can travel almost anywhere around the world. Um, We can be there within a matter of hours. But we want to get there quicker all the time, but we very rarely experience what we're doing. Um, And I suppose, conversely, that's what this year has done for me, is it's allowed me to really appreciate what's not just on our doorstep, but what is actually out there. You know, Instead of being in a rush to get from A to B, I want to get from A to B eventually. And just enjoy it you know and, and i suppose that brings us right back to that forest gump moment this weekend mm. it's like i'm really really enjoying this you know it so for me the value value proposition if you like is like 
it, it's, it's intertwined with life values as well. It's like it's experiencing things. It's spending quality time with people that you love. It's also spending quality time and getting to know people as well, you know, because so we're in such a rush to multitask and do as much as we can, as quickly yeah. as we can. You know, we've got social media everywhere, bombarding every, every thought and every waking moment. When I'm running, I'm not on Facebook, I'm not on Twitter, I'm not on Instagram. I am truly connected either with somebody else. And it feels like, you know, as, as we're having this conversation now, we've had a conversation like this when we've been running. You know, it feels like I don't want to finish running tonight. I want to just carry on because I'm having such a good conversation. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm properly connecting with another human being on a level that I couldn't do in any other in an endless setting, if you like. Yeah. So for me, that's what that's what it is. And I think, you know, we, you mentioned this, you know, it's one of the most natural things we'll ever do. We are born to run. You know, that's a fact. That's why we are the best creatures at running. We're the only ones that can run for this kind of distance without dying. You know, that's been proven scientifically. Yeah. But we did that in packs. You know, we, we're pack runners. So, you know, again, what this year has taught us is that if you tell somebody that you have to isolate, you have to go into lockdown, you cannot be with other people, I'm I, I, talking about my own personal experience, mm. but I know a lot of people have struggled. The isolation kills us. You know, we need to be around other people. So for me, running isn't just about getting fit, getting PBs, sticking on Strava and looking good on Instagram. It, for me, it's about genuinely being in the moment with other people and doing things which is, yeah. is totally natural, building these connections. So for me, that's my values in life are I want to, you know, I genuinely want to positively affect as many people as I can. Even if it's just one person, positively affect one person. It doesn't, it doesn't even have to be through running. It could just be a conversation. It could be a message. Mm -hmm. You know, we message each other on a regular basis just to say, I am there. I just want to tell you that I love you. Have a good day. Simple as that. Because I can't think of anybody else I want to share some love with, for example. No, so that's my you know, yeah. and, and that that's running. You know, that's what I do for running because if I'm going to run with somebody I've never ran with before, I truly want to be in that moment with them. Sorry, Matt, I interrupted you there. Dan. Oh no, it's um, okay. And you know, I'm just um, following on with what you said. You know, um, you know that passion, strength, and empathy. It does bring purpose in life. But you know, those three you know attributes also bring purpose in running for me as well. You know, that passion, strength, and empathy. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, it's, it's it's just a wonderful thing, isn't it? And I've looked at things through you know a different lens you know i've simplified things more and um you know it's something that i want to work on in you know other aspects of my life because mm. we've not been able to travel you know get on a plane get on a train you know we've not been able to you know like buy new clothes for our holidays you know and you know the list could be very exhaustive so we've had to strip things back and you know connect with our thoughts and feelings you know rather than connecting with whatever we can hold in our hands and you know brag about and i know that everybody's not like that but i've seen that in other people you know they've connected to those feelings and they've reached out to one another and that's what i've taken from 2020 it's been a bloody horrific year but you know i think there's mm -hmm. more positives and negatives that have been taken out with it because i've connected with old friends you know i've connected with new runners who in turn have become new friends you know and it's wonderful because you know um, we do sometimes become reliant on you know, the comforts within our four walls. But like you mm. have mentioned, and the, you know, isolation, lockdown, the fact that we're being advised to um, stay at home, you know, it's taught us that isolation is not good. And this goes back to thousands of years ago, you know, back when, you know, um, you know, there was cavemen, you know, it was displayed, and, you know, there's evidence in this, you know, from several hundred years ago, you know, people who lived in isolation, 
you know, um, typically, you know, <laughs> didn't have a good lifestyle and, you know, ended prematurely mm. for whatever reason it might be. True. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, what does success look like to you? Good question. Um, I think it's just living a fulfilled life, adding value to other people. I think that's what it is. Um, I know it's different for everybody what success looks like. Um, there's, there's no massive grand aims with this. This is just literally, for me, it's, it's, it's either being happy or spreading happiness. That's what success mm. feels like. Um, don't know, is that what you expected to hear? I think it's quite lovely, mate, you know, to hear that. You know, I, <laughs> I genuinely do think that, um, you know, I think success, you know, it, it's not about those big wins, is it? It's about the small wins. You know, it's just communicating with other people, you know, feeling loved, um, but not being loved by everyone. You know, um, sometimes we can mm-hmm. set the bar high, can't we? You know, um, but, um, yeah, you know, I just I just love hearing, you know, um, you know what you've got to say, Andy. You know, I just, you know, I think it's beautiful, those words that come out of your mouth. And, you know, we've mentioned this in the past with a lot of the conversations that we've had that, you know, even success, you know, it can be making the bed in the morning and just making a cup of coffee, you yeah. know, and we sometimes um, go down that route, don't we, of being overworked or feeling like we've got to, you know, like, you know, extract every ounce of energy, you know, that we've got within our bodies, you know, where it's physical and mental strength, you know, and mm. that, you know, success, you know, it doesn't have to be those pound signs, you know, it can just be something very small and minute that, you know, yeah. goes a long way. Yeah. And, you know, it's, that word success is, is thrown around a lot. You know, we, you know, we, you've mentioned Instagram before, the perception of success is not the reality of success quite often. Um, and a story I've told a few people in the past is like, we've got Nikki and I, we were married in Jamaica quite a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that's not what I mean by success. What I mean is that one day I was just like in a world of my own and just I just walked down to some rocks and mm-hmm. there, was a, there was an old Jamaican guy there fishing um, and just got chatting with him. Um, and he, he just went on to explain that he just lived in essentially a shack. He came down to the to the coast to fish for his tea and then he'd go home and probably eat his plantain and yam or whatever Um, and he'll eat his salt fish later Um, he had no pressures in the world he had very little material you know goods Mm. for example but he just seemed like one of the happiest people i've ever met and for me that success is you know, in boiling it down to its, you know, most simple components is knowing what you want out of life and then remembering that you've got it. And, you know, if, if this year can teach us anything is that we've got a lot more than we've, you know, we give ourselves credit for. You know, we, when somebody says you can't have this or you cannot do that, we feel hard done by. Yeah. But actually, you know, we, we've now, we're essentially living in heaven. You know, if you, you went back 30, 40, 50 years ago and you told one or two generations older than us, this is what our life is like. You know, you and I are now talking over Skype. Mm. You know, we're saying lovely things to each other, but we can't be in the same room. It'd be like, this is sci-fi. You know, that that, that just doesn't happen. <laughs> you know, my, my yeah. grandparents, you know, were, I think they were probably in the 20s before they even saw a banana. You know, we, mm. we throw bananas away if, they, if they've got a bit of black on them. You know, we, yeah. we'll, we waste more water than some people can, can, they can actually get access to. You know, we, we are so wasteful. We just don't know that we're actually living in heaven right now. 
And I think that's the main thing is that, God, if you could just simplify things and go, well, actually, let's just be grateful for what we've got. And I heard this recently mm. it was on the Chris Evans show. It's like the part of the brain um, that wants things, you know, you know, when you say, I, I want not just material things, but I want to be loved or I want that, yeah. I, I want a new car, I want a new house, doesn't connect with the part of the brain that has gratitude, that recognises mm. that you've already got them. So they don't even talk to each other. So you essentially got two parts of your brain going, I want, I want, I want. You've got another part of your brain going, well, well I've already got it. Yeah. <laughs> that's what keeps us hungry that's what you know that's what keeps us probably hungry and maybe even greedy as well so i don't know i'm probably going off on a little bit there oh but... no I, I i enjoy with what you're saying there because um, you know it's two completely different things you know between what we want and what we need and if we you know put everything that we've got under our roof right now well, what do we actually need you know that, that we're surrounded by you know what do we actually mm. want you know and um what what i, I i'm curious to know you know because your your answer is probably different, um, you know, to mine because I'm um, starting to develop this. But how do we, you know, especially in a world where we, you know, um, technology is it's just vast, it's incredible, you know, it's mm. um, virtually going out of date, you know, from one year to the next. You know, the yeah. fact that we've got our whole lives, you know, in the palm of our hand, and you reference this, haven't you? That it seems like they're surgically attached to our hand as well, the majority mm. of the time. So yeah. um, I'm curious that how do we live? A meaningful life with less especially you know during 2020 where we're constantly connected with one another and have that urge to have you know um things in our life material goods yeah i think it's i mean connection is one of these words that it's, it's got a dichotomy written all over it hasn't it the more connected you are to technology the less connected you are to people mm. um you know so it, it can serve for good it can as it is doing now connecting us so hopefully you know to share some positive messages to other people mm. definitely falls for good there but it can also be incredibly distracting as well so i think it's it's quality over quantity for me you know so you know we can we can have quality conversations with people but let's just keep it simple you know let's not try and you know let's not try and be everybody's friend as you said before let's not you know why is it important if you have like a thousand followers on Instagram or a million followers on Instagram, your quality of your life doesn't improve as a consequence of that. Um, and I think it's all about, you know, time with people now rather than time on a device. But I'm not a great advocate of this, I must admit. I'm distracted very quickly when it comes to technology. You know, I've just, yeah. I've just, just get my messages and, you know, an hour later, like, why am I watching a YouTube video about, about a sheep that's learned how to bounce on a trampoline? I know it's, it's, it's incredible, isn't it? You know, when, when we cast our minds back to, you know, even only ten years ago, you know, that would have likely not been in our thought process. I need to watch, you know, yeah. the, you know, this video with sheep bouncing up and down. You know, it's it's, it's just incredible, isn't it? How things advance. Um, so mm. um, we first met at a TEDx event that you curated, and mm. I don't think you truly know how much of a powerful connection it was when we met eighteen months ago. You know, I consider you to be a good friend. And, you know, just being in the audience that day, I was just, you know, like truly captivated, not just by the speakers, but yourself as well. And, you know, the stories you tell. And, you know, I thought it was a really humbling experience to meet you. And, you know, since then, you've, you know, gone through, you know, the process of how difficult it is to put on a TEDx event. So um, what mm -hmm. one thing have you learned from that day that you've carried with yourself since? About myself or about the event? Anything. Well, if you want um, to give me an answer on both, if you can do, I'm being greedy there. Um, 
Yeah, that is greedy. Um, what I learned about myself <laughs> is that you know, the, the, sometimes you get opportunities which may seem like ridiculous, you know, ridiculously hard work. You know, it's like why me? Um, but these opportunities don't come around often, if ever. You know, so and I knew the enormity of the amount of work that will be involved in it. So, as an example, there were over two hundred people applied to speak at TEDx Oldham. Oldham. You know, we're not yeah. talking like a massive TED event. You know, it's not mm. Manchester or, you know, wherever. This is Oldham. Over 200 people applied for it. And I had to read every single application and then filter it down to like, at first it was like, that's good, that's good, that's good, that's good, that's good. Till eventually it's like, you've just got to be outstanding now to even mm. be considered. Um, so I, I suppose, you know, what, what I'm getting down to, even down to the day itself, the intensity of the day was unbelievable it was i can't even begin to tell you ben i mean i probably apologized on the day and i apologized afterwards like i just couldn't give my entire attention to our conversation yeah. but i very clearly remember you coming up to me shaking me by the hand and saying how impressed you were and how much you really enjoyed the day and i remembered you for that uh, because a lot of people shook my hands and said thank you but for me i suppose this is going back to you know one of the main points is that that was never going to be about me that day. I, I didn't want mm. it to be about me. All I wanted to do was hold it together. I was curating the talkers, um, but I was also trying to put it together in a way that made the most sense to the audience, it, in, in a way almost like as if you're editing a show or if you're um, creating an album, if you like. You know, That's how I saw this. It's like I need to get mm. – I've got potentially 200 songs to put on an album. I've got a part A and a part B. I've got the first side and the second and the second side, which is like interjected by the break in the middle, if you remember, Ben. So mm. what my role as curator then was like, how do I get the best possible value for people's time here? And who who is genuinely going to change as many people's lives as possible? Who's doing it for the right reasons? And this is all about other people. So, so that was like, it, for me, it felt like a really selfless thing for me because I knew it was going to be incredibly difficult, but I didn't want to get anything out of it. You know, they were, didn't get paid. Um, I probably put hundreds of hours of work into that. Um, I didn't get paid a penny for it. I didn't want to get paid a penny for it. I wanted to showcase what a brilliant town we live in you know, and, and showcase the people from the town um, and, and just pass on these positive messages to people so what i learned about myself was that i got so much from helping other people and showcasing other people and and helping others to inspire others it's that next level of inspiration if you like i didn't want to inspire anyone i just wanted to create the opportunity for people to inspire others mm -hmm. and for me that felt so humbling um so you know i suppose what i learned about the experience and what i learned about myself is that when you put in other people first you get so much more out of it than putting yourself first, if that makes sense. And just to put things into context, this is three weeks after I did my first TED talk at Bollington. So I couldn't even <laughs> think about curating TEDx, Oldham, until I'd done that TED talk of my own. And so essentially I had to do all of this curation in three weeks when yeah. some people had six months to do it. And so I will say it was incredibly stressful, but I didn't feel overwhelmed with the stress. I just thought, on this particular day, it will be 
amazing. It will be one of the best days of my life. And this is what I'm working towards. I want to feel fantastic knowing that people like you now, retrospectively, shaking us by the hand and saying thank you for that. Really enjoyed it. I got so much from today. Um, it just felt fantastic. And I had to I had to be reminded by people about what had happened on the day because it was just a blur. There was that much going on. So yeah. I don't know the answer to your question there, Ben. No, this is great because it's like you say, you know, incredible stress, but, you know, also, you know, an incredible quest because, you know, the connections that you made on that day that, you know, turn into, you know, potentially, you know, lifelong, you know, like friendships. And mm. that's, that's what I took. What, what I took from that day is to, you know, just through, you know, the inspiration of meeting you as well as hearing the speakers on that day. And I think this is the connectivity of meeting human beings, just actively listen and you know extract you know what you believe will enhance your life and what mm. enhanced my life on that day is to be less less risk averse but take more risks you know which i've done since and you mm. know um you know if we worry you know about risk taking too often you know we'll get to a particular age in life you know where we're you know we're you know usually not as mobile or we're incapable of doing you know like particular mm. tasks and we'll say well you know i regret not doing that so that's what i took yeah. from that day you know which i do want to thank you again because it's made me take more risks but risks that have enhanced my life and you mentioned about enhancing other people's lives and you know truly you know if you look at that event you know you, you can transfer it into running because the best things in life come for free you know where there are no yeah. pound signs you know and pound signs they amplify typically the material goods in our life but you know when you look at tedx and running you know mm. would you say that they've amplified your life in other ways where there's just no cost attached to it oh yeah definitely because you, you you can't buy these experiences can you you know you, you pay a lot of money to you know to feel good about yourself but really these things don't cost much if anything at all other than you know buying a pair of trainers or buying a ticket to an event you know, these are things which are just, like I said before, these are about experiences. These are mm -hmm. not about things. These these are about memories as much as anything. And just being truly in the moment and being absorbed in that moment in time, you know, whether it's running and go, wow, you know, this, this is beautiful or this feels so natural. Or it's a case of I feel truly connected with these people or I could just be anywhere right now and all I'm focusing on is this one person speaking right now. You know, it doesn't cost anything that, you know, it's, but it, it but it is invaluable at the same time. Yeah, definitely. Well, one thing we've not um, covered yet, Andy, is, you know, about Outlaw, you know, which you, oh, yeah. you know, um, passed the finish line a few months back and, you know, um, you'll be um, doing an Ironman next year. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I want to know what is your training schedule going to look like over the coming months? Um, it's going to be quite intense. Um in terms, in terms of schedule, there are various phases for, for, for Ironman. Now, I've never done an Ironman before, uh, but keeping it really simple, obviously, you've got three, four disciplines if you include transition. Um, the running part of my training now is where it needs to be. I'm probably further on than I need to be to, to do an Ironman for the run. Mm. So, so running a marathon after a 112-mile bike ride is something I've never done before. So I need to be good at doing a 112-mile bike ride and having enough energy to do a run after or mm. not be broken to be able to run a marathon after. So the, the schedule is going to be really intense. It's going to be, it's going to be probably averaging 10 to maybe 15 hours a week of training specifically for the mm. event. 
and a lot of it will be focused towards this cycle and the swim because they're the demo weaknesses if you like and it certainly yeah. was that was the case at outlaw does goal setting come into play with this um not as much as you'd you'd imagine because uh, you know with outlaw for example I estimated how long it would take me based off my current level of experience and fitness to, to, to do the event. But it wasn't a goal as such. It was just an estimation. So the, the, the goal, if you like, probably it's more of an aim, but let's say the goal is I want to finish. That's it. Um, I don't want to miss cut off, obviously. So that's, that's a technical thing. So I need to do it within the allocated time. I want to enjoy the experience. I want it to be a pleasurable experience. Mm. You know, so it's not about, you know, say, for example, I need to do the bike ride in X amount of hours or I need to do the run in X amount of hours and, you know, at this particular pace. It's not the goal. I mean, I, you know, you mentioned about simplifying things. You know, the reason I want to do this because I want to prove to myself that I can do it. It's not the reason I want to do this because I want to do it in 14 hours, for example, or 12 mm. hours. That's, that's not the reason. The reason is, as we said earlier on, I just want to see how far I can go until I break myself. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I literally just want to go, right, Ironman. And, you know, and this is a, you know, it was never a goal to do an Ironman. Mm. Um, but I read Chrissy Wellington's book. Have I, have I told you about Chrissy Wellington's book? You have. I've not read it, but you have mentioned it before, yeah. Um, it's one of the best books I've ever, one of the best books I've ever read. Don't read it because you will want to do an Ironman if you read it. It is just <laughs> so beautifully written i was it's, it's probably the only book i've read where i've actually laughed out loud reading it's mm. like I thought she's just so me and i'm just so her but yeah what an athlete and i was reading this on holiday and we went to we went to uh, wasn't it we went to cos um with, with my wife and daughter a few years ago and i'd only just started running i'd only just started doing part run because i was training for the mill town and you know mm. the in, in on an airplane you see and then in the back of them they have that magazine don't they it's like you know this is yeah. what to do if you're going to crash um this is the stuff we're going to sell you at ridiculous prices but make it look like it's good value mm -hmm. um and these are the places where you can book flights to and in there there were some marathons you know around the world which happened to be the destinations where the airline took you to as well you know, which is a bit of a coincidence i'm sure um but there's also something like there's an iron man here as well so my daughter was just saying um so do you think you'll ever do a marathon i went nope because <laughs> that's <laughs> stupid you know who on earth would want to do a marathon you know how much training you've got to do for a marathon um and what's an iron man oh well, yeah and yeah explain it and go like you've got to swim for this distance and then you've got to do this massive bike ride more than double i've ever done before and then you've got to run a marathon that's superhuman. There's nobody's got enough time to train for that. So she said, do you think you'll ever do one? No way. I'm not stupid. Uh, so to put it into context, the, the goal is do something stupid like an Ironman. <laughs> I just want to complete it. And I think the, the most important thing for me is, yeah, as I said, try and smile as much as I can. Um, enjoy the experience and don't get injured. And I think that's the, I think that's possibly the goal is, you know, do it, enjoy it. Don't get yeah. injured injured i can't imagine what my life would be like if i can't run so yeah i think that's it that's the goal and um, me, me knowing you very well Andy, is there something about being uncomfortable that you have taken great pleasure from 
Yeah, I think we spoke about this before. I think, you know, we kind of mentioned the fact that leaning into physical and emotional pain is, I found it to be actually really good. It didn't used to be, you you know my backstory, you've seen the TEDx, you know, I've spoken mm. about the darkest days of my life. But I think they've they've really helped me put things into more perspective. I think you've really got to feel severe physical pain to feel truly alive. You know, I've been reading yeah. a lot about Buddhism and Taoism recently as well. And um, life is suffering is something which I just, it just, I just couldn't swallow that the first time I heard that, you know, life is suffering. You know, that's not good. Life should be about happiness, surely. But, you know, there's, there's a lot in yin yang there. You know, there's, yeah. you can't know happiness until you know suffering. You can't be happy unless you know what unhappiness feels like. You know, you, you, mm -hmm. you don't, pleasure is so much better when you know what pain feels like it's like i used to get used to get migraines a few years ago before i exercised so much and the only time i really felt brilliant is when the migraine had gone go wow this is what it feels like not to have a migraine it's that the absence of something feels good and i think you know this yeah. is something i read in darren brown's book happy was he simplified this massive book into saying his version of what he would say happiness is is not being anxious and I think it's just that is just so simple. So I suppose what I'm saying is that I've, I've lived with anxiety most of my life, and I still have it. I don't let it control me anymore. But being anxious means that when I'm not anxious, I'm happy. So when things are bad, when things are hurting mentally, I know that that's going to pass, and what's going to happen afterwards is good. So I'm actually, you know, whilst this year has been truly awful and i don't just mean pandemic and covid I and mean, we're talking three family bereavements my mm. adop adopted auntie if you like died as well um my cousin passed away two of my sisters are poorly as well i've been caring for people very close to me mm. and being isolated and not being allowed to do the things i wanted to do to do the events it's been truly awful this year for everyone but some people have said God, how have you got through this? And it is yeah. actually, I'm actually grateful for the opportunity now. You know, when something bad happens, I'm not happy that it's, that something bad's happening. I'm just happy that it's an opportunity to see it for what it is. Instead of going, oh, isn't life difficult on me? I just think, well, you know what? Okay, I've got an injury. It means mm -hmm. that when this injury's gone, it's going to feel so nice to run again, for example. Or... I'm in a really severe depressive episode now. And okay, it's been lasting now for the best part of three months. The good news is it never lasts forever. It will pass. Yeah. And when it does pass, life is going to feel so much sweeter on the other side of it. So, yeah. and it's I fantastic advice. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it is fantastic advice. And we can apply it to, you know, um, other parts of life as well, can't we? You know, when we, you know, struggle through adversity, you know, like you've mentioned, you know, family bereavements, you know, um, debt problems, losing a job, mm. you know, losing, you know, a, a, a lot, you know, like a, you know, long-term partner, you know, and that adversity, you know, really does make us appreciate those smaller things in life. And, mm. you know, it makes us, you know, um, look at things differently, you know, and, you know, accept that. You know, sometimes we've neglected those things that are free, you know, and it makes us appreciate, you know, those that, you know, we've not necessarily spoken to for a long period of time, you know, or yeah. even for a week or so, you know, and I think that's fantastic advice and, you know, those dark mm. days will pass, you know, so I wanted to um, ask you about that, you know, because you've, um, 
gone from you know through some very difficult um, and challenging times yourself. And um, you know, with, with those dark days, you know, when you are experiencing them, just as I have as well, you know, I felt incredibly low. Mm. And you know, I thought, you know, um, you know what, you know, when you ask yourself that question, you know, what what is the point? So you know, yeah. I, I want to ask you that question: What is the point when you are going through those dark days in knowing that you know they will pass? Yeah, it's different for everyone, isn't it? I I, mm. I can only just say that. I would never give advice to somebody who is feeling that low because it's it can be patronising, it could be condescending, I could potentially say the wrong thing. All I would ever do is just yeah. share my personal experience of it, um, that you learn a lot about yourself in those dark times. And what is the point in carrying on? You know, we boil things down to the simplest of possible things is that, well, for me, I'm a parent, I'm, I'm a husband, so even if I haven't got a home, even if I haven't got a penny in the bank, even if I've not got a job, my children have got a dad still, and my wife's yeah. got a husband. You know, at the time my parents had a son. You know, what is the point? Well, the point yeah. is, you know, it will get better. It always, always does. That's a promise. It's a fact. It will get better. What is the point in, you know, I'm going to say it as it is, what's the point in ending your life at a low point? Mm. why not you know why not experience what what's going to happen afterwards so what's the point everything happens for a reason you know if somebody told me mm. that when i was in that darkest point when i was thinking of ending my own life if somebody said oh everything happens for a reason i might have stabbed them you know it's like yeah. Yeah. okay you do yeah. not know what i'm going through right now if you did you wouldn't say that to me um, yeah and it would have been but, quite disempowering as well to hear that you know, um, but, yeah. you know it's, it's, so, it's true, isn't it? And it leads back to being, you know, um, purpose-driven, doesn't it? You know, even if that purpose is chasing the next sunset, you know, I mean, that's incredible, isn't it? You know, and when those dark days are around, you know, we forget about the amount of colour and, you know, vibrant people that surround us, you know, because, mm. you know, we, we, can't, we can't see past that darkness. And, you know, for me, it's chasing yeah. that next sunset and chasing the following day and knowing that there's a new beginning. It is, yeah. And I think, you know, said this before and he, and he even touched it with um with david goggins is that you know he has this callous mindset doesn't he? he's like he's mm. toughening himself up through the pain you know and sometimes it's i think sometimes we just get bored life's too easy and then when something bad happens like oh no life's really bad on me yeah well, yeah it, you know it's unpredictable but you know what it will make you harder will make you stronger and it always does pass um, fearless is is one of my favourite words. Is that and for two mm. reasons? Like, fearless doesn't mean stupid and reckless. Fearless also means that just don't fear things as much. You know, fear less. That's all it is. Don't be afraid. Yeah, yeah. These are the darkest moments you'll ever be in, but it actually means it will get better. You know, this might be the coldest winter you've ever had, but that means that when summer comes, you're going to really enjoy it. You know, and mm. I think that's that's what these dark moments about and this year has been a really good example of it you know we, we're going to look back at this and go it really toughened me up this year you know i'm actually grateful for the fact that i had to spend so much time on my own because i'm now more comfortable in my own skin for example, yeah yeah you know, it's, it's, it's moments like that where you look back and go you know what i'm glad i made that lifestyle change it, okay it was enforced on me but i'm glad i made that lifestyle change because i see things differently now and the next time we 
go to the pub or to a restaurant or we you know we you know we see family and friends again and we can hug each other and god but miss i miss hugs i'm a proper mm. hugger me i'm a proper <laughs> you know i'm off i'm off alien me i'm like i'm all over people like you know hey you know you can't i, I don't let go of people and i miss hugs it's isolation again isn't it you know you yeah. felt so isolated just from you know the affection that we mm. took for granted you know being able to hug yeah. you know and high five people i mean you know that i'm a massive you know like advocate of high fives and you know i do yeah. love hugging people yeah. and you know i can't wait for the day you know that we get to hug each other again and you know that that affection mm. when it gets stripped away from you that's that's where we then start to believe that you know um, our human nature is to love one another and it's not loving yeah. each other you know, like, um, you know, a husband or a wife or like it's your yeah. child, but it is human nature, you know, to spread love and spread that kindness. Yeah, that's purpose of life, isn't it? We we as a life form wouldn't exist if we didn't have that. We wouldn't have existed. We wouldn't have survived if it wasn't for that. So I think that is probably one of the reasons why we got to where we are now, In you know, with our civilization, but also through evolution is that we 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 can connect with each other we can love each other on a very deep basis and we can share our experiences for the benefit of everyone else. That was yeah. deep, wasn't it, for a, for a Wednesday night? <laughs> it was, but um, it's, it's, it's incredibly fitting as well that, you know, this will be, you know, the last episode of the pod for 2020, being able to reflect mm. back on, you know, what we've learned, you know, what we've developed, how we've had to adopt and adapt, you know, to, the, you know, this new, you know, um, exploration of, you know, life itself, we, you know, we've had to connect mm. with each other differently, but we've been mm. doing a bloody good job about it. And although there's been the worldwide pandemic off the back of it, you know, there has been a mental health pandemic, which, you know, is, um, mm. you know, that underway now. But, you know, yeah. it, 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 it's made me have a lot of beautiful, insightful and also, you know, very difficult conversations with, you know, people who I know, you know, because mm. um, it seems to be that, you know, when you, look at that stigma of mental health you know and in particular you know where men have got to be you know incredibly tough and you know they've got to be burly and you know fearless you know you've used that word you know and also you know um you know with females now you know um you know we we see that you know females are representative you know represented more you know there's more equality and you know this is what stems into it you know with conversations i've had with female friends and you know loved ones who said you know we you know, we, yes, we do feel equal, but we're now expected to be invincible mentally and emotionally. Ah. And this pandemic, this this pandemic has, you know, enabled us to have those conversations with each other. Where we've been able to say, "I am finding this difficult," because mm. you know, coronavirus, in one way or another, we've all gone through it together. And I think that's where yeah. it's been a little bit more accessible to have those conversations around ill mental health you know and mm. you know i will say it again you know i think it is very fitting that this episode will go out just before christmas and yeah. we're able to reflect back on 2020 and say you know what you know if we can bloody get through this we can get through anything yeah yeah you're right you know we, 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 i've spoken with people much older than me who've, who've had to go through the war my mum was evacuated through mm. the war you know listening to those stories you're like that sounds like something off a film people actually had to go through this um and my daughter kirsten you know she said you know she'll be saying to her grandchildren that she's lived through the pandemic yeah. like, wow just put it into perspective there i know now i mean we have become resilient and this will be you know um form part I, I think it will form part of 
you know, the future curriculum that is delivered to, you know, our grandchildren and great grandchildren. You know, it's, yeah. it's incredible. You know, we have got through this. This is like, you know, um, it's just been lifted off the pages of a sci-fi novel or a Stephen King novel. You know, yeah. we are living through it. And I think we have become more resilient. Yes, we found things incredibly difficult and you know the adversity that i've had thrown towards me as well it's made me think yeah. you know what I'm, I'm bloody tougher than what i thought i was you know yeah. comparing myself to um you know 2019 ben butterworth yeah no I, th I think you're absolutely right you know we you know i talk a lot about mental health but i think it's it's been overused the term mental health at the moment but mm. you're absolutely right using it in this context because if there has been something good about it, it's been about time people started to talk about mental health openly. Um, and I think, you know, that's one of the, that, that's one of the, I think it's, it's not good at the moment, but if there's mm. anything good about this, now is that people are now talking openly, you know, employers are now taking it seriously yes. at last. They have to do, you know, if this was a cancer epidemic, for example, you know, mm. you know, you know, we've got COVID-19, you know, we, we're doing everything we can to to safeguard people and protect people. But it's about time people start to talk about mental health and protecting others from difficulty and, and sharing experiences with people and actually listening to people without judging them and calling them weak. You know, so at the moment we're in that really, really dark epidemic and it's probably going to get worse of ill mental health and those spikes in suicide that is the second wave we've said that before um, but if there's going to be anything good about it people will mm. be talking openly about how they feel more often you know male female every age every background will yeah. be honest with each other at last because this subjects have been taboo for too long you know so it is i think it's really good when people are talking about it for the right reasons to yeah. help each other and to strengthen themselves emotionally yeah yeah it has been a taboo for too long i agree with you that and you know that just those two words mental health you know they've just been a word for too long and now mm. I've, I've i've seen you know those um changes now where it's not just a word there's like a meaning behind it because more people are experiencing you know that you know um be, being empowered actually you know to be able to speak about their own experiences because mm. this year you know, it has been something that we never forecasted would happen. You know, like if you cast your mind back to um, late January, you know, when there was echoes that there was, you know, this new coronavirus, you know, in China. And we're thinking, oh, it's, you know, probably going to be like, you know, um, MERS or SARS, you know, we're going to be able to, um, you know, rattle it yeah. off and, you know, get rid of it in no time. You know, it's going to, you know, see some, you know, losses, but, you know, there won't be substantial losses, you know, over mm -hmm. one million people who've died. You know, as a result of COVID nineteen, you know, and um, it's it's that adversity, isn't it? And it's learning to adapt with whatever shit's thrown our way, you know. And we've done mm -hmm. a bloody good job of it. And you can transfer that, you know, with our previous experiences, you know, that both me and you have been through under with ill mm -hmm. mental health. It's enabled us to cope with what's being thrown our way. You know, I'm not, I'm not so talking about us, you know, dealing with it incredibly, but you know, our previous experiences have been able to help us. And in turn, what I've took from my experiences in the past with ill mental health this year is being able to give me the strength to ask people how they're doing, if they're okay, if they're yeah. not okay. And, you yeah. know, have those conversations with you. Whereas two years ago, you know, when I weren't, you know, fully accepting that, you know, I was struggling with my state of mind. Mm. You know, if, if coronavirus happened, you know, two, three years ago, 
you know, I, you know, I, I like to think, you know, I would have been in a worse, worse place, but I also wouldn't be able to confide in other people and ask them to, you know, speak up about, you know, the difficulties mm -hmm. that they're going through mentally as well. Yeah, like we said before, I mean, you and I speak openly about this anyway, and I think it is the right way to be personally. And I think we do it for the right reasons. You know, we're not trying to get attention. We're not using it as a vehicle to, mm. you know, to, to spread other messages. You know, it's not the most important thing we'll talk about, but it is a part of everybody. And I think, you know, it's one of the most natural connectors that we all have mental health you know, whether yes. it's good or bad we've all got it there's literally no human alive or has ever lived who doesn't have mental health so actually it is the one thing that really does connect us which <laughs> yeah which is a really strange thing it's the one thing that connects us but up until recently we didn't speak about it of course and it's a spectrum it's, it's a spectrum mental health just like physical health is and yeah. that's what we need to remember you know with, with our you know, mental health being in a relatively good place and not expecting it to be in a good place all the time. You know, mm. our physical and emotional health do suffer. Indeed. Yeah. So what we're going to do, Andy, is um, we're going to wrap up shortly, but I'm going to do what I am now calling the not-so-quick-fire round. Um, it's just a handful <laughs> of questions that I ask um, a majority of guests. So you can go as far as you want to in this and... You know, it would only be right with the title of the podcast that I ask some food and carbohydrate-related questions. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? Oh, yeah, I think so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. not sure what to expect now. <laughs> no, you, you, I'm, just, I'm just laughing at myself there, you know, which um, I tend to do quite a lot. But when I said, are you ready, it just, um, you know, took me back to Gladiators, ITV, in the <laughs> 90s. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're yeah. visualizing Jet again, aren't you? Stop that, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's um, first um, childhood cross. Yeah, I feel a bit better now. But yeah, <laughs> the contestant is ready. So, first question Your favorite yeah. post run meal? Pizza. Any particular toppings? No, um, I shouldn't. I, I don't like to eat dairy at all, but that's that's my guilty pleasure. So, margarita all day long for me. Apparently, if it's not margarita, it's not pizza. Controversial. Yes, step. yes. I've, I've actually um, been taught this um, recently. <laughs> yeah. Margarita. So, yeah, yeah. I feel um, like, um, although we've not um, touched on Christmas, you know, um, I just want to, um, you know, make the reference that it is um, Kevin McAllister's favorite pizza. Kevin McAllister from Home Alone fame. Am I supposed to know that name? No, no, but you know, I'm sure you know. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you know Home Alone, don't you? Which is why I had to make the reference to the film as well. Yeah, maybe forty, well, thirty odd years ago, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. all right. So, me and Kevin, whatever his name is, yeah, we've got a lot. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, next question: um, favorite long run snack? You know, that's that is hard to answer. Actually, on the run, are we talking about now? Yeah, so it can be anything. So, you know, um, long run, you know, um, half marathon. I'm not talking necessarily gels, but if we look at trail running and going off the grid, you know, it's oh. sort of like um, anything goes, doesn't it? You can eat whatever you want and not get judged for it. You, you, you know what? This, this is probably not what you expect, but I don't eat. I just do not eat on a run. I fuel up a couple of nights before. I proper fill myself up. And I, I live off water, tailwind and gels. I, I forced, at weekend, I forced 
some cheer charge them them and I, I just didn't want to didn't want to eat so i do not have food on the diary tailwind is genius all the car oh, sorry all the electrolytes and all the calories i need i've, I've not tried it but it's quite the um, contrast to what i typically have which is packing a um you know what i deem to be you know council estate um birthday buffet with volivants you know pork pies you know um triangular shaped sandwiches so you know we do differ in that respect <laughs> are you being serious you, oh you gosh eat, well, you... you eat volivants on the run oh no i've not tried that yet but um i definitely had a pork <laughs> pie. i've had a pork pie on the run believe it or not and um, then siobhan oh, actually eats um cheese sandwiches on runs you know which um i, I don't know if that's going a little she bit too far she told me mm. that no i've had uh, <laughs> some triathletes some triathletes do that apparently what they do they stick it in your the water bottle on the bike mm. two water bottles to put cheese butters in in a water bottle and then when they've oh, eaten okay. that water bottle then they fill it with water for a drink at an aid station it's not <laughs> after eight times that yeah next question if you could invite mm. three people you know it doesn't always have to be famous people so three people around to your house for a come down with me experience who would it be probably a bruce lee obviously who wouldn't want mm. who wants something to eat with bruce lee it's just it's just epic wisdom yeah um you probably need a good cook in there as well because you know it was going to be a nice dining experience and i'm not doing the cooking mm. so um i don't know probably <sighs> floyd maybe okay yeah um only for the food um mm. plus he liked he liked a nice bottle of red so yeah something else we got <laughs> in common um oh uh ben butterworth maybe oh i feel humbled <laughs> I truly do feel humble. Yeah, we're not actually um, sat down on a dinner with uh, each other yet. We I'm haven't sure yet. I'm sure it will happen over pizza, maybe. Oh, I like the sound of that. I know a couple of good pizza joints that um, you know we can head to. Look forward to it. Yeah. So, um, if you could run anywhere in the world, where would it be? Now the top answer's already gone. We've done the Pennines. Um, it is the best place in the world. Um, the, can I give you two answers? Of course you can. I wanna I wanna go with Boulder, Colorado, just because it's on my to-do list. Um if I wrote it now, I probably wouldn't even put it on there. Yet. But uh, but it's been on there, so I've got to do it. So I've got to do Boulder, Colorado. And the other one would be is the running Kona, as horrible as it probably mm. is. Uh but you know, it's the you know, it's it's the holy grail of of Iron Man, isn't it? So yeah. Kona, Kona, Hawaii. It'd just be nice to be able to afford to go to Hawaii um <laughs> for that re but in the absence of that i'm happy to run on the pennines oh lovely and um what one song gets you fired up it can be for anything it doesn't have to be for running but oh, one song yeah. where it just makes you feel on top of the world my my playlist for running is unbelievable but um and it's, this changes all the time but the the, the one uh I know you don't judge people, but I need to put this out there now. Do not judge me for this one now. The final countdown by Europe is my go-to fire-up song. Do you know what you want to mean? Don't please don't tell I, me you don't remember it. I know it. what you mean. I'm just going to hold you responsible right now that the final <laughs> countdown is going to be on a loop in my head when I'm lying <laughs> down in bed trying to get to sleep. Can you hear that? Da -da 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 -da. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. it just... It's, it's one of the cheesiest 80s kind of softish rock kind of 
not really rock tunes but it's just fantastic i don't know what i love about that it's just would if it if i need to go somewhere on my own to be in my own space i just hear that song and i do not know why and i don't want therapy to get rid of it i just love it yeah it's perfect isn't it and you know talking about um, simplicity you know that is a song that you know is you know simple from start to finish but the impact it has is great just um like the impact it's having on me right now yeah it's in your head now for the next yeah. several days are you going to text me like two o'clock on saturday morning just going you bastard yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering you know my, my editing skills you know are satisfactory um suitably satisfactory but i don't know if there's a way of you know just um extracting part of the final countdown into the outro of this podcast watch this space Give it, give it some effort. It'd be worth it. Yeah, I just hope I don't have to end up paying any royalties out. I won't tell anyone. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so final question, Andy. If you could change one thing about running for the better, what would it be? Oh. Hmm. Okay. It, it was going to be a tangible change. I think free running trainers for everyone and just I let everybody it. run in fact similar I've, I've never been asked this before so obviously unprepared i'd like everybody to just run comfortable and run happy and mm. that's it you know so pain free i suppose is what i'm saying but for those people who've got chin splints and plantar fasciitis and dodgy knees and hips talking about myself now um, a, a good, comfortable pair of shoes for everyone to run in. Yeah, well, we can always um, revisit this, and I can ask you if you found the magic lamp because that's a fantastic idea. It is. Um, and this show is not sponsored by Up and Running in Oldham, but if it were, that's where I go every single time. Yes, and that's that's a great way to finish off. Support your local running shop. You know, um, lo local and small businesses, especially in you know the arena of running. You know, um, are struggling more than ever. So, you know, get to your local running shop, you know, seek out their knowledge and wisdom and, you know, it will go such a long way, not just mm -hmm. for you running, but it will go a long way for them. Agreed, 100%. Yeah. Okay, Andy, well, I'd like to thank you very much for your time and effort. I could talk to you around the clock. I just find you fascinating. And I, once again, <laughs> want to thank you for, you know, making a positive impact on my life and you know i know this word does occasionally get thrown out you know quite often but you know you truly are legendary thank you stop it you're very welcome thanks for having us on i feel like a genuine honor and likewise i can't stop talking tonight thank <laughs> you all the best andy cheers mate speak to you in a bit Thank you for listening to the Carbs Rule Effing Around Me podcast. If you're enjoying it, please hit the subscribe button so you're kept in the loop on when future episodes go live. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a written review to help us grow and recommend it to your friends and family. If you wish to find out more about me and the podcast, head over to Instagram at Carbs Rule. Until next time, keep it real and keep on doing your thing.